It's your daily dose of all things Gamecocks on the Inside the Gamecocks podcast. Here's J.C. Sherbert. Inside the Gamecocks Daily, J.C. Sherbert here with you. Thursday, February 13th. Uh, afternoon sort of episode here. Uh, trying to track down some stories and some things like that. Uh, so I'm sorry for getting it a little late to you, but we're getting it here today. Um, up in the air about the show tomorrow... Uh, I'm going to talk about basketball, kind of preview the weekend a little bit. That's why you've heard the weekend music maybe coming in. Um, Just because I've got some logistical issues in terms of getting here and recording it. Um, So maybe not a show on Valentine's Day. And if you guys, uh, those of you out there that celebrate Valentine's Day with your significant other probably know what kind of logistical issues I'm talking about. (laughs) So uh, uh, maybe, maybe not. If I do, it's a bonus. Um still have those position breakdowns I'm going to do for you guys Uh, sort of read the policy about podcasting we had a conference call about it not supposed to do more than one or two episodes a day Um, so in lieu of that policy I have to kind of record it and maybe put it out over the weekend when we don't have shows Um, so I will get to that I promise Uh, kind of been behind this week uh, but I appreciate you guys listening all right, so the Gamecocks last night, very impressive win at Georgia. Um, got out to a 27-5 to lead. Georgia couldn't hit the broad side of the barn. Um, they, Georgia, Georgia didn't play well, but the Gamecocks had a lot to do with that. Georgia looked like they didn't want to play against a team that played defense, so <laughs> I guess that's a good thing for Carolina. Um, out 27-5, Georgia made a small run every now and then, but the Gamecocks answered it. Another good game for Jermaine Cousinard. I thought A.J. Lawson played well. I think Coatsar played really well. Those three. Um, and then Keyshawn Bryant did some things. He's still out of control sometimes. But uh, he did some good things, too, uh, I think, in helping the Gamecocks win. Really liked what I saw out of Jalen McCrary. And, you know, that guy, uh, say what you want. You know, he makes mistakes like a freshman, but he's productive. Same with Trey Hannibal. Um those are two young guys I think people could be excited about moving forward if you think about the fact, you know, they have several more years. You know, so does Jermaine Cousinard. Um, I think he would, if I'm not mistaken, he would be draft eligible. Um, so A.J. Lawson. But, uh, you know, Carolina's got some good young players uh, on that team. 75-59 uh, held Anthony Edwards, who's a, who's a pretty good talent. I mean, really, really good player, uh, I think. Um, you can't deny that when, when he's on, he's on. Um, and then the rest of them just, nah, they didn't do much against South Carolina. Uh, I think it's a, probably a good thing the Gamecocks have that team again <laughs> later this year. Uh, Gamecocks won their seventh in a row against the Georgia Bulldogs. So seven in a row now. I think that if I'm not mistaken, the, the Gamecocks have won, they've swept Georgia every year. Uh, and they haven't swept them yet. They have to go back to Columbia and play them. But every year since the year Georgia beat them three times, and essentially those three losses kept the Gamecocks out of the NCAA tournament, um, including a horrific loss in Nashville that the Gamecocks should have won and a loss on senior day with that team to Georgia. Uh, so the Gamecocks kind of got up off the mat with the Bulldogs, and they've won seven in a row now. Uh I'd say they probably will win eight. Georgia comes to the CLA later this year. Uh, Lots of talk out on social media today about the need for Carolina to have a big crowd Saturday. And and I'll tell you why. 
uh, there's a big need. South Carolina now 15 and 9, okay? So win number 16 could come against Tennessee this weekend, okay? So the Gamecocks, uh, that would match their win total from a season ago. It would put them at 8 and 4 in the league. The net ranking, which is another reason I'm delayed recording this today. Uh, is up to 65, and that's in striking distance. Tennessee's just ahead of them in the net ranking. Uh, it, it's also Tennessee. It's Rick Barnes. It's the the program that it, you know was at the top of the league last year and went to the. You know, I think they went to the Sweet 16, maybe second Sweet 16 for Tennessee. Um, you know, uh, they've been winning games up there, uh, and they beat the Gamecocks by a point earlier this season in a game the Gamecocks probably could have won up in Knoxville. Um, so it's a big game. You know, it's a Q2 right now. Uh, I think a Q2 home game. Uh, they're in the top 100. Uh, so, yeah, 50, 76 to uh, – all right, yeah, Q2 because they're in that 31 to 75 range. So another big-time opportunity for South Carolina. Uh, and then we get the game guys to 8-4 and four in the league. Um, and then you got six left, six big ones. Mississippi State twice, Georgia again at Alabama, LSU at Vanderbilt. Um, and uh, I think a win against the Vols puts them on the bubble. So, you know, what do people need? Well, if you're in Columbia or if you're in the state of South Carolina and you occasionally go to basketball games, you know, Saturday's probably a good opportunity to go. Starts at 5 o'clock. You won't get home too late. Um, and it's a big one. You know, I mean, this team has disappointed, there's no doubt, with those losses to Boston U and Stetson. And right now they loom large because the Gamecocks are trying to play their way back on the bubble. And uh, at the very least, if you win those two, you're on the bubble now. So I know it's frustrating. Um, but it's also an opportunity. And, and, and I think that at this point, with the way this team's playing, they've won seven of nine. Uh, the two games the Gamecocks have lost at Auburn and at Ole Miss – after those two teams have beaten the Gamecocks, they haven't lost. Auburn has not lost since, you know, they started a win streak when they beat Carolina. Ole Miss started a win streak when they beat Carolina. They, they haven't lost um, since the Gamecocks lost to them. So, you know, those are pretty decent losses because those teams are pretty hot as well. Uh, and then going on the road and 14-point and, and win at A&M, 16-point win at Georgia – uh, the win at Arkansas was great, and then Carolina's blown people out at home. Uh, they blew out Vandy, blew out Missouri, blew out A&M. Uh, so a big crowd Saturday and a big win over Tennessee uh, is going to go a long way toward positioning the Gamecocks to do that because then they have a huge one uh, the next Wednesday night going out to Starkville and playing Mississippi State. So you know these next two games are titanic. Um, and you got to beat Tennessee really for the Mississippi State game to be huge. Uh, and so I would encourage everybody to come out. And I have a f- sneaky feeling as you see guys like Tamarcus Blanton and I think Bruce Shingler and uh, guys like that uh, on uh, Sedarius Thornwell uh, on the internet, uh, on Twitter, uh, saying, hey, Pack the CLA this weekend. And, you know, like I said, it's Tennessee. It's Rick Barnes. It's a, it's a team that the Gamecocks want to beat every single year. Uh, go on out if you can. I'm not one of these people that's like, better go to games or you're not a fan. Um, but I do think this team has played its way to the point where it deserves it. And I think there's reason for Gamecock people to be excited. And I think a big crowd like that, 
uh, as we've seen several uh, examples of when the arena is full, uh, it can make a big difference. Uh, ask Dawn Staley. I don't care what Gino says about uh, 18,000. We've played there before. I, I don't care about that. Uh, that was an impressive deal uh, on Monday night. And, you know, if the men can do it Saturday, more power to them. Now, with men's games, a lot of times, you, and really when the women play Tennessee too, you know, they, that's not a bad drive. They, they'll, and there are Tennessee fans throughout the Midlands and, and up in the upstate and things like that. So there'll be some orange in the stands, no doubt. Um, and that's what happens when you have a big arena. But I, I do think that, you know, when you have your Kentuckys and teams like that coming in. But I do think the Gamecocks could have a massive crowd Saturday. Students could get into it, you know, go get you a beer, you know, sit there, do the whole thing. Um, and, and I think the Saturday crowds in, in recent weeks for Missouri and A&M, both even though those aren't great teams, have been really good. So, you know, I would just encourage everybody to try to take it a step further. There's, you know, basketball – Attendance is is something that you know, if it were football, I'd probably go without saying. The basketball attendance, you know, sounds something you got to kind of remind people of because the schedule's long, the season's long, a lot of games, you know, that type of thing. But uh, I, I think this is a this is a monumental opportunity, you know, for South Carolina to get back on the bubble. And you know, if you win the next two, really the next three, because you got LSU uh, coming up. Um, it, it it's it's a it's a titanic trio of games uh, for the Gamecocks. And it wouldn't be that way, you know, had they not been able to go on the road and beat Georgia, take care of business against A&M and Missouri, and beat Arkansas, and, and sort of really, you know, turn the season around. I mean, this team's 7-4 and four in the league right now. They were 2-3 and three after losing at Auburn. You know, and the Ole Miss loss, which is a Q2 loss right now, uh, is starting to look better and better by the day they're 81 uh, in the latest net um, and so it's almost a Q1 loss to Ole Miss <laughs> go figure so um, that's kind of interesting but uh, yeah big opportunity for the Gamecocks to keep playing keep winning um, the metrics and things like that will either work out or they won't but they're not going to work out at all if you don't win you know and uh, getting to, I think, 12, 13 wins in the league before the tournament uh, is critical uh, for this basketball team. It's just the, just the nature of it with the schedules and the way things have, have kind of worked out for the Gamecocks this year uh, on the hardwood. So big win for Carolina. I uh, encourage you to uh, log on to BigSpur.com. we got Kerry Rich's uh, takes on the game. He'll be previewing the game this weekend um, as Tennessee comes to town. Um, and faces South Carolina in a critical, critical uh, SEC basketball game. All right, so I don't like to do this. I'll be honest. I, it's not um, – and I'm not calling anybody out here because, heck, I used to work there. And uh, Personally, I like the guys that, uh, you know, that, that work on this station. But – you know, ESPN Upstate, okay, and I don't know why why this happens. Um, come on, man, let's do a little better. Now, now, look, let's just get on their Twitter account and kind of look like this. And it's like, uh, all right, so yesterday there was a gigantic uh, post about how 
you know, Clemson basketball and Carolina football were similar. Limited, and it's talked about limited fan support. Administration doesn't want to do anything about either sport, blah, 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 blah. And, and let me just tell you why that was the most asinine thing I've ever heard. And even though they came back and said, oh, well, you know, they weren't counting the fan support, you know, and that's the big thing. Gamecock football still has plenty of fan support, folks. Believe me. Um, you know, they came back into poly. You know, here, here's the thing. Whether or not you agree with Ray Tanner's decision to keep Will Muschamp, okay, that decision had nothing to do with complacency. That decision had more to do with he believes in the guy he hired. You know, that, that, that's not sitting there saying four and eight's okay. You know, it may seem like that to some people, but that's saying, okay, there's your screw-up year. Um, so let's, uh, let's get do better, and um, you're going to get another chance. There's your mulligan. All right, that's what that is. That was the thinking that went into it. Um, you know, and, and hey, that's, that's Ray Tanner's decision. We can talk about that. But in an administration that does not care about football, does not do a $50 million football ops center. They may build an ops center, you know, and say, okay, well, let's, uh, let's build one since Clemson and everybody else have one, but we're going to do it on the cheap and, you know, do it within our budget and our means. It'll be nice, but it won't be as nice. Um, okay, so, 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 so what they did constructing the ops center, you know, no matter who the coach is, you know, that's not saying that we're not going to do anything about being great in football. Likewise. Uh, and uh, look, there's no doubt, and this is not a Clemson podcast, but there is no doubt that Clemson um, and and that basketball job is tough, um, and uh, it, it's a difficult gig, and it's primarily because uh, they have very little history there, and the league that they're in, and it, you can kind of trace it back to when it was a seven-team league, you know, and, and you're in that the ACC and all the other schools are basketball schools. You know, Virginia, Maryland, NC State, Duke, Wake Forest. Uh, you know, this was before Florida State got in the league and, you know, Georgia Tech joined and made it eighth. And then Tech obviously was a football kind of school, but Bobby Crimmins was the coach when they first got in the ACC and they became a basketball powerhouse. I mean, you're dealing with some of the best. Then Florida State joins the league, and then you had Boston College, um, who's decent in basketball. Virginia Tech, not so much. Miami, not so much. But their programs have been elevated. And then the the, the, the most recent expansion, I mean, uh, you know, and, and if you're Clemson, I mean, I'm not sitting there trying to feel sorry for Clemson basketball, but let, let me just point this out. You know, their league expanded, and for their football program, great Oh, you're adding Pittsburgh and Syracuse, which, by the way, are the only two ACC teams, I think, to beat Clemson uh, during their most recent run, which is interesting. Um, oh, great, you're adding Pittsburgh and Syracuse? Super. Uh, uh, Louisville? All right, we can deal with them. Um, but, you know, you switch it to basketball, they added Pitt, Syracuse, Louisville, and Notre Dame. <laughs> I mean, in addition to everybody else that plays basketball. So it's a brutal job. 
Um, they went to Sweet 16 a couple of years ago. They um, upgraded Little John Coliseum and included very nice player facilities, lounges, stuff really, quite frankly, Carolina needs more of, uh, to the tune of $63.5 million. So, is the, and then look, I know they kept Brunel, and people could argue that, you know, that he's as good as they're going to do or whatever. I personally think there may be a change coming there, and they may, they may make a home run higher. Um, it's still a very difficult job just because of who you play in, in, in basketball. You know, so going to the Sweet 16, that run they went under uh, under Oliver Purnell, where they were in the tournament every year, you know, that that's good. It's good for Clemson. Um, but I don't think that you – I don't think that you pour $63.5 million into your basketball arena if you're not, you know, at least supportive of basketball. You know, so to me that's an asinine statement. And, and the other part of it is, you know, look, Clemson basketball struggle because of their league, blah, 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 blah. People say all the time South Carolina just struggles because of their league. You just got teams you can't get past. Yeah, and the SEC West, <laughs> where one team in the last 11 years has gotten past <laughs> the SEC West, that was Georgia. And uh, had Auburn not upset Alabama in, in the Iron Bowl that year, I don't know that that would have happened. And they were playing Auburn twice. Auburn had injuries. Georgia won it from the east. Nobody else has. You know, yeah, Georgia's tough. Florida is coming back. Um, the rest of the east, you know, you're telling me that South Carolina, based on the body of work the last 10 years, I'm not talking about the 90s. People need to quit talking about the 90s. And the history. Oh, in the history, Carolina never goes to a bowl. That's before 2000. That's before, you know, Lou Holtz came and South Carolina decided we are serious about competing in the Southeastern Conference. At least Mike McGee, when he hired coaches, said we are serious about competing in the Southeastern Conference. He did not build the facilities he needed to, but that came along with Eric Hyman, okay? Before that, South Carolina was a, 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 a nomadic independent that wasn't very good that annually lost to ACC schools on its schedule. Okay, with the occasional, you know, period of brilliance like 84, 87, and then the bottom fell out in 88, and then they joined the Southeastern Conference on a shoestring budget and uh, ended up hiring the cheapest coach they possibly could with Sparky Woods and then hamstringing him because of money. And, and yeah, people talk all the time, maybe they should get back in the ACC. No, because then you're going to lose your money. And you're just now to the point where you're like, okay, we're, we're serious about this. Okay, so 2000 is when the Gamecocks started being serious about playing football in the best league in the country and against their arch rivals. And before that, the game with the arch rival was outsized importance because, quite frankly, most years, not all, because I remember they've, they've scheduled tough Nebraska, Miami, Notre Dame over the years, but most years, you know, that was one of the top three teams on their schedule. And I am not trying to diminish the rivalry at all now. I still think it's a very important game. I think that it was embarrassing that South Carolina in year four of a coaching staff uh, was that uncompetitive, especially on offense in that football game this year. Um, and I think that, uh, you know, that's an important ball game. You can't just say no. But, but back then, that's really all South Carolina had, you know. You know, our in-state rivals in the ACC and their – 
a powerhouse. And then during the early SEC period, Clemson kind of fell off. This is the 90s. And so really that was all either team had. You know, Clemson couldn't sniff an ACC title once Florida State got in there. Um, so really all they had, Tom, the whole Tommy Bowden era is defined by owning South Carolina and starting to, them starting to spend the money and build the facilities to do what it takes, blah, 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 blah. You know, so before 2000, I don't want to hear about the history. Uh, they won one bowl game before 2000. They've won eight since then. You know, in, in the 1990s, or the, the previous 20 years, 1980 to 1999, um, South Carolina, I think, went to five bowls. You know, since that point, they've been to 14. You know, it, it, there's not a lot in the trophy case, but there's a hell of a lot more than there was. And, and it took a lot of hard work from people like Lou Holtz, people like Mike McGee to make the hires, people like Eric Hyman and Ray Tanner, yes, Ray Tanner, to build the facilities, and people like Steve Spurrier to come in and, and lift the program up, all of his assistant coaches, and then the job Will Muschamp's done so far to, to kind of elevate the recruiting, et cetera. Will Muschamp has to win more games. But there's a lot of work a lot of people have put into this including you guys, the fans, traveling, buying tickets. Ticket prices went up. You still show up. You still buy the gear. You still tailgate uh, to elevate the program. You know, so so I don't want to hear about the fact that, oh, because before 2000, you know, South Carolina football is just like Clemson basketball. What the heck? You know, I don't know. And Like I said, I'm not calling these guys out. Uh, This is a podcast. Uh, I have not listened to the talk show this week, nor will I up there. Um, and I'm not trying to give them publicity, so I have no idea what they're talking about in terms of on the air. But the Twitter thing, I'm like, can a media outlet p- produce something more asinine? More asinine. I mean, it, it, it's worse than the tweets I see from crazy fans, not Gamecock fans, but fans crazy all over, and uh, you know, people that just have no kind of grounded knowledge uh, with facts to back it up. There's no facts that backed it up. And so I don't know who personally did it, um, and I'm not trying to call out anybody personally. I'm just saying the ESPN Upstate Twitter account is full of uh, trolling uh, and uh, wrong-headed trolls uh, for the Gamecock Nation as well. And uh, so the next thing, the next thing, okay. So today, <laughs> so today the, the, the Twitter account says this. So should Clemson drop the Gamecocks from their football schedule, or is that the dumbest idea since the new Major League Baseball playoff proposal? Now, the playoff proposal to me is, you know, we can talk about that some other time or talk about it on the MLB podcast. Um, Listen, you hear stuff. I mean, I I heard Gamecock fans talk about this when the Gamecocks beat Clemson five years in a row. Oh, they do nothing for us. That's never going to happen. Nor should it happen, you know, nor should Texas not be playing Texas A&M right now. That's stupidity. That's petty. That's ridiculous. You know, Georgia's never going to drop Georgia Tech from the schedule. I could see it moving to earlier in the year. But, uh, you know, and they've, they're on about a 20-year run. I mean, you think Virginia was going to drop Virginia Tech? I mean, they're in the same conference, so that's a little different. Florida will never drop Florida State. Now – would it ever come to a thing where the conferences expand so much and, you know, there's mandates for, a, you know, 
let's say, 11 game conference games a year, and then you play one outside. You know, would, would that mean that maybe it goes to once every two or three? I don't know. Um, and it's 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 a state resolution, not a state law. So if the two schools want to not play each other, they don't have to. But look, things happen in 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 circles. You know, South Carolina has not been in a position as a program for a while to compete with Clemson on the field for four or five years. Gamecocks going are undergoing a transition. Clemson built their program, and they're there. So the Gamecocks have to get close before I think you can talk about it now. Heading into the season, you don't have injuries. You have a competent offense. You know, that Clemson team was really good, but once they ran into some tougher teams on their schedule, which the Gamecocks were obviously not one of them, you know, they were beatable. And you would think Carolina would be there by now. Um, You know, but outside of, you know, a game on offense in 2018 – yeah, South Carolina hadn't been competitive during the must-champ era with Clemson. And, and so that has to change. But the, the point is, it will. Nothing lasts forever. I mean, I, it's a rivalry. Dabo Sweeney said it. Eventually, South Carolina's going to win again. Ray Tanner said it uh, during South Carolina's win streak when they asked him about that. He's like, it's a rivalry. Clemson will win again. And they will. And they did. And South Carolina will. You know, so, so this kind of talk, and I, I understand too. Like, you know, you're on local radio. You know, stir the pot. I've been on local radio before, and I've sure stirred the pot. But I will say this: when I elect to stir the pot, I elect to do it based on facts and sound theory, rather than just hey, what can I do to, to incite people today? Um, because that's shock jocking. Now, there's a place for shock jocking. Uh, I don't have a problem with it. Like I said, I'm not calling these guys out. Uh, I just feel like whenever something like that is out there and people are discussing it, and you folks on thebigspur.com are not discussing it today, I give you credit for that, but people on Twitter are. And so I wanted to kind of just offer a counterpoint and tell you why. Number one, you know, the administrations at Clemson and South Carolina support men's basketball and football. You don't spend $63 million on an arena upgrade and new facilities. You don't spend $50 million on the football ops center if you are an administration and not supporting the sport. You know, that's the bottom line. That's what an administration does. You know, some people kind of think, well, you know, Ray Tanner and, you know, he's, he's the everything's about coaching. And, and you know, like Ray Tanner's the, the, the mega coach that coaches every single game, every single game. Win or lose in all sports, he's the omnipotent Ray Tanner. No, that, that's just not what happens. Um, and some Clemson people I know are mad at Radakovich for not moving on from Brunel. And then they ended up in the Sweet 16 the next year, then right back to the NIT, and now bubble NIT team again. So what are they going to do? I don't know. That's not for this podcast. I think Brad Brunel, X's and O's, Y's is a heck of a coach. And I think when you're in that league, you got to piece it together sometimes how you can do it. Um you know, and that's taking transfers and all that, you know. So that's uh, that's the deal. If you are a Gamecock fan, uh, you it may put a bad taste in your mouth. It may feel like you're eating a poop sandwich with, uh, you know, sewage gravy on it. But you need to pull for Clemson basketball from here on out. They got a big game against Louisville this weekend. I, I'm, I'm kidding. I'm not kidding. You know, in the baseball rivalry, it doesn't matter, you know, South Carolina and Clemson are good enough baseball programs. If 
they're in position. You know, their RPI and strength of schedule and all that, it, it, it's, it's not going to matter how good or bad the other team is. Pull for them to lose every game in that sport. Football especially. It does not matter. You know, Clemson fans are, you know, happy as you know what about winning national championships, but also thrilled, thrilled when South Carolina has issues. I had one light me up on Twitter. He gets blocked because there's this Clemson mafia on Twitter where, and it's interesting because like the same couple of guys always follow these fake accounts. And so I think it's the same guy, you know, anyway, if it is, it isn't anyway. So he's like, you're a fraud for saying that Tracy Rocker is the best defense, one of the best defensive line coaches in the country. And I, keep in mind, I said one of the best defensive line coaches in the country. Because, quite frankly, so was Todd Bates, so was Marion Hobby, so was Dan Brooks. I mean, we could, we could talk about best D-line coaches in the country, Clemson, and a lot of other schools have certainly had them. But that wasn't the point. I mean, the, the point wasn't to intelligently discuss the merits of defensive line coaches. The point was he's coaching at South Carolina – so he is trash. And anybody that says otherwise is a fraud. Eh. <laughs> I mean, okay, buddy. All right, buddy. Okay. And uh, so, so yeah, so back to my point. In football, you know, a lot of them are just as thrilled about the Gamecocks having their struggles, being somewhat in the wilderness right now. Uh, as they are about their own unprecedented success. But the point is, you know, that in that sport and in baseball, it's different than basketball. Basketball, they meet once a year during Christmas. You never want to lose. You know, nobody wants to lose to Clemson if you're South Carolina, vice versa. Uh, But basketball, it's all about getting the NCAA tournament. And Clemson is a strength of schedule gold mine for the Gamecocks, especially when the Gamecocks win, because Clemson's playing all these ACC teams that are highly ranked, and they can get their RPI or their net ranking up. And, you know, it was a road win for Carolina on top of that. So you need the Tigers to, to pull off some wins so that they can get back in the top 75, and that could be a Q1 double-digit road victory for South Carolina. Um, it helps the strengths of strength of schedule. And that's just how basketball sort of is. You know, the football, baseball, pull for them to lose every game. Who cares? Basketball, it's in your best interest to pull for them to win as many as they can. They play a lot of good teams every year. And the more wins over good teams they have, the more um, the more uh, the Gamecock resume looks pretty good. So, um, anyway – that's uh that's the deal there as far as basketball and everything else goes and and you know like I said hate to call out the guys on ESPN Upstate um they have probably you know with the exception of when I go on you know not a robust um collection I'm looking at the guys they've had on to talk Gamecocks this week and very interesting um, but that's okay. You know, I don't want to go – I'm not trying to call those guys. I, I, just, I just feel like, honestly, that when an allegedly responsible media outlet puts stuff like that out, you know, sometimes you need a voice to counter it. You know, some people are like, just ignore them and they'll go away. Well, I'm, I'm not trying to get them to go away. Um, I'm not trying to ignore them. I just think that in today's times, you know, people see stuff like that. and You know, it's, it's, it's completely – not based on anything, but how can we stir things up? 
And uh, to me, that's sad. Uh, I guess there's a purpose for it. Uh, but I feel like it's my job with this podcast, you know, especially today where we're anxiously awaiting the running backs coach hiring. And we didn't have a big football topic to kind of dive in. So uh, kind of glad they gave me some material today. Anyway, keep fighting the good fight. Uh, I think, uh, you know, whenever an athletic team is struggling or, or whatever, and football went 4-8 and eight last year, this is not the first asinine, out-of-left-field, ridiculous take you're going to see on Twitter from a media outlet. That's just true. I mean, look, I'm not – and this is nothing about people like, well, you can't just spin things positively all the time. Well, I'm not spinning things. I mean, you guys have listened to me. Should Will Muschamp have been fired after last season? I said it was a judgment call. <laughs> you know, I, I, in no way is going four and eight positive. In no way do I accept the excuses. In no way do I think that was the toughest schedule in the country when you lose by 20 to Missouri, 20 to Tennessee, North Carolina, and App State. <laughs> you know, in no way do I think that if you're good enough, you know, not even with a freshman quarterback, but with your third-string quarterback, to go in and beat Georgia and Athens in two overtimes, no matter how bad Georgia played, do, do I think you're, you know, not good enough to beat App State at home or, or, or to be uncompetitive at the end of the year. And, it, you know, it was coaching. Coaching. And so they got to coach better, and that's why there's a bunch of new coaches. Um, so it has nothing to do with being positive about the Gamecocks or negative about the Gamecocks. People throw those words out all the time. You know, this is ta- this, this is a intelligent com- – this is like, are you making intelligent points or not? And these are so unintelligent that I feel obligated, obligated to talk to you guys about why they are so unintelligent. And I think you all know it, but it's still fun to talk about uh, and explain why to put it on the record. Because the other thing I'm not going to do is get on Twitter and go back and forth with anybody. Because all that does is help them. Shines a big old spotlight on what they're doing and Everybody's like, oh, well, you know, because Twitter's kind of entertainment. It's all entertainment, but they're going, oh, let's follow it. What's ESPN Upstate going to say today? And I don't want to contribute to that. So anyway, appreciate you guys listening to my rant. Like I said, probably probably we'll be back tomorrow. Uh, I would I would say 50-50 because of my Valentine's Day logistical concerns. Um, and we'll just put it, put it at that. But I'm going to try my best. If not, talk to you guys on Monday. Of another great week of shows um, right here on the Inside the Gamecocks podcast. Don't forget, you can subscribe on Spotify, iTunes. Um, you know, follow us on Twitter. We have a Twitter account at the Big Spur Pod. That's at the Big Spur Pod. Um, also, uh, we have an Instagram called Inside the Gamecocks. So, going to start kind of putting some photos up on Instagram. I, I like Instagram because of the pictures and. All that, so we got that too. Also, don't forget, if you're a college football fan, listen to the J.C. and Morgan podcast uh, with myself and Mike Morgan from ESPN. Who's calling the game in Columbia this weekend? If you see Mike, say hello. Tell him you like the podcast. Inside on Jordan Birch. Plus, we talk about Mark D'Antonio. We talk about star ratings in the Super Bowl. Uh, Just a cornucopia of college football coverage. Uh, You can get uh, J.C. and Morgan on, like I said, Spotify, iTunes, iHeartRadio, Google Play. J.C. and Morgan's probably in more 
out there because we've had that long. We just did episode number 99, and, of course, Inside the Gamecocks is just months old. It's a wee baby. It's a wee baby, if you will. All right, this is J.C. Sherbert. Everybody have a great Thursday the 13th. (laughs) Don't talk to you tomorrow. If I don't, happy Valentine's Day. I hope your significant other is happy with uh, the gift or services or whatever you are giving them for that special, special Hallmark holiday. Um, Great big game this weekend, folks. Uh, Hope you all enjoy it. And uh, certainly, as always, better. Talking to you guys after a win than a loss. Let's hope it continues. It's J.C. Sherbert. You have a great day. Everybody is working.